a sermon series entitled Take Courage. Y'all say take courage. Take courage. This is part two, and he's going to preach us, preach the message today on courage, take courage, part two. So come on, y'all stand to y'all's feet. Y'all give a warm welcome to Pastor Eugene Chimwaza. Praise God. Y'all give it up for y'all pastors, man. We love them so much, so, so much. They're one of the most genuine people that I know. And uh, isn't it good for kingdom relationships? You know, uh, Mario and Tamara, he was talking about, you know, we're single, then we get, you know, dating, married. You forgot the part of the gray hair and the balding. That's the other part that we're walking through right now. But praise God. Well, uh, I'm excited to get a chance to share the word with y'all uh, this morning. Uh, if you got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. And uh, if you hadn't a chance to listen to Pastor Mario's message last week on Take Courage in the Life of Joseph, it's a powerful, powerful marriage. I, I, I was listening, and the one thing I walked away with is Take Courage. I felt encouraged when I watched that. So y'all make sure you, 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 um, you get a chance to listen to that. But um, I'm continuing that series, and we're going to look at Taking Courage through the life of a young boy. Amen. All right, well, let's read the word of God and then we'll pray. Um, John chapter 6, verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near, and when Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one of, to have a bite. Any of, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they, they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down, and about 5,000 men were there. And Jesus went, took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had, all enough, when they had all, enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word, God. We thank you that the word of God is alive. It's active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It exposes bone from marrow, Father God, and exposes the innermost parts of a man. We declare in the name of Jesus that our hearts are fertile soil for the word of God. I pray right now that you're transforming us, that you're changing us, God, that you're renewing us, that you're convicting us by the word of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said... Amen, amen. All right, well, we're going to look at the story of courage um, through the life of the young boy. But before we get into that, I want to look at courage or the lack thereof in the life of Philip. In verse chapter 5, we just read in this particular story, Jesus looks up and a great crowd is coming towards him. And immediately he looks at Philip and he says, where shall we buy bread for those people, for these people to eat? So Jesus looks up and he sees a crowd. And immediately says, where can we buy some bread? And immediately, Philip starts getting nervous. 
Philip's worried. Philip is seeing this crowd. He's like, oh, my goodness. I, I don't know how we can afford to feed this many people. But Jesus had a different perspective. Jesus looked at it, and he already knew that there was a solution in the midst of the problem. And the first point I want to share with you guys is that courage begins with what you see. Courage begins with what you see. See, Jesus saw a crowd coming, and P Peter saw a, 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 an opportunity for a challenge, right? He's looking at a challenge. He's seeing a problem, but Jesus saw a solution. And I believe that many times the problem that we, we have with courage is that we have the wrong perspective. That we're looking at the same thing, but we've got the wrong perspective. And one of the keys to begin to walk in the right courage is begin to have the right perspective about the situation you're looking at. See, many times, you know, we can have life that is full of a series of facts. Y'all know what facts are. Is it just, just, you know, when somebody's testifying in court, they're telling them the facts, right? But then the one juror has got one perspective of what the truth is. Another juror has got another perspective of truth. And many times it's not about the facts that we're looking at. It's what truth are you going to believe when you're looking at those facts. See, many times we can, we can be going through a situation and going through a trial and tribulation. And then we believe, man, I'm going through a trial. But the Bible says that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. See, I'm going to declare the truth regardless of what the facts tell me. That I might be going through an illness and an ailment in my body, but the Bible says that by his stripes, I am healed. And so I'm declaring the truth regardless of the facts. And so you want to walk into a place of courage. You have to begin to shift your perspective and begin to look at the truth despite the facts. Amen. And so what I believe is that Jesus already knew the outcome. And so he had a courageous outcome, a perspective of the situation. And I love in verse 6, it says this. Is a, he asked Pete Philip this question only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. I love that. Jesus already had something in mind. See, another source of courage is knowing that Jesus already has something in mind. See, many times we get so discouraged and so worried about the situation. God, oh my goodness, everything's falling apart. My marriage is falling apart. My finances are falling apart. But we can step into courage when we begin to realize, you know what? Jesus has something in mind. And the Bible says this in Jeremiah 29, 11. I know y'all know this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. See, if you know what Jesus has in mind about your situation... You'll rise up in courage. So Jesus has something in mind. And so I think the challenge many times is maintaining Christ's mind about our situation. Isn't that the battle? The Bible says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. And so I believe the word of God begins to play an important role because when we begin to have the mind of Christ then our perspective about situations begins to shift. And yeah, it looks like everything's on fire, but I know the one that walks me through the fire. You see, it's about us having the mind of Christ, and then we begin to rise up in courage. Amen? And what I love about this is that the Bible says, do not be surprised when fiery trials come your way. Do not be surprised. And what I believe is that sometimes God uses those trials to deliver something. See, here is Philip. He sees a crowd, but Jesus sees a little boy. 
See, Peter sees a situation and a problem, but Jesus sees a solution. See, we might be walking through a trial, but in the midst of that trial is an encounter. It comes in a package that we don't want. But if we have the right perspective, we say, God, come what may, I'll receive even the trial. Because I know in the trial, there's an encounter with the presence of Jesus. In the trial, there's a new revelation about who he is in my life. So courage starts with the right perspective. Then verse 5, it says that where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? As Jesus asking Philip, where shall we buy? Can you imagine they've gone to the, the mountainside, it says that, and he goes, sits on the top of this mountain. And Jesus asks a question. Many times we know God and Jesus, whenever they ask him a question, it's not because they're looking for information. They already know the answer. They, they're asking the question. We do that with our kids sometimes. Like, hey, well, did you think that was a good idea? You know, and they start trying to explain. Well, I thought it was a good. You know, we're trying to get them to the to, to the same solution and conclusion that we already know, and that's what God does. He says, "Where shall we go? Where shall we buy food to eat?" And Philip looks around. And is like, "Man, we're in the backwoods of. I don't see a McDonald's. I don't see. I don't know what restaurants are here, but you know, I don't. I don't see a place where we can purchase food, and I don't see any merchants available. And not only that, but I don't think I have enough money." to afford 5,000 people being fed. But what I believe this question was about was Jesus wanted Philip to recognize what he didn't have. See, sometimes courage starts in a moment of desperation. Sometimes we go through seasons in our life where all our resources are no longer around. And we can't find the plan B is no longer in play. And everything falls aside, and all you have is your problem and Jesus. And when all you have is the problem and Jesus, that causes a desperation that just says, you know what, I'm going to rise up and take courage because I have no other options. I've burned every bridge. At this point, the only way that I can make it through is if Jesus brings me through. And so Jesus knew that they didn't have anything, but sometimes he brings us to a journey where things begin to be stripped away off of our lives. The false comforts, the false sources of, of security. And, and, and unfortunately, we find ourselves weeping over what's left instead of focusing on what's present, and that's him. Instead of making him our life and our joy and our source. Say, God, you know, my friends may have gone. My finances may not be where they need to be. But you know what? You are my only source. You are my reward. You are my only. The Bible says that he was looking for a house and his architect and his builder was God. See, I'm going to make God my residence. I'm going to make God my source of courage. And I love when, even with David, he says that, you know, there was a story in Ziklag where, where he lost everything. And the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. He lost everything. But when you lose everything, desperation triggers courage. Amen. And so verse 7, it says, Philip answered, Lord, it would take more than a half a year's wages. Other translation says 200 denarii to buy enough bread for each one of us to have a bite. Can you imagine? Not even like a whole loaf, just, just a bite. You're going to just say, hey, hey, just take a bite. Oh, that's enough. That's enough. Come on. Let's move on. Can you imagine? So he's calculated how much it's going to take just for them to take a bite. And what I believe many times is the enemy to courage is overthinking. 
See, I can imagine right now, Jesus says, where can we buy all this food to eat? And, and, and Philip, you know, he might have been a mathematician. I don't I'm not very good at math. That's why I married a math teacher. So, you know, all the math stuff Yvonne can do. But, uh, but you know, here he is, and he looks out the crowd, and he's like, okay, okay, 5,000 people. Okay, bread is going for about $7 a loaf. All right, we won't be able to have everybody get a loaf. Everybody just have to get a bite. All we, okay, so if we, have, if we get 200 denarii, we might be able to get everybody just one bite. We might be able to. So he's already calculated. And, and sometimes whenever we get so desperate, we just start, I need to figure out how to do this. And I need to and you start calculating a way to the solution instead of taking courage in the midst of the solution. Sometimes we get into our carnal mind and we think we can solve ourselves out of a problem. We think we can line up the right equation, the right formula, reach out to the right people, get the right networks, get the right connection. If I can only just get in touch with so-and-so, everything in my life will change. And we're busy calculating when God's saying, hey, I'm right here. Take courage. Take courage. And I believe whenever we start getting into that over-calculating and replaying and trying to figure out, God, I don't know how we're going to get out of this situation. Maybe I can do this. Maybe if I could work a second job. Maybe if I could. And you start doing all these different things to make things work. What ends up happening is that it opens a door to fear and doubt. Because when you start doing this, how many of y'all been in a situation where you just start thinking, your brain's, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and you're like, you can't, you can't turn it off, right? It's just your brain is just thinking, oh, my goodness, everything's going to fall apart. You won't be able to make it. How are you going to survive this month? How are you going to find, and, and your brain, and you start getting fear. You start getting doubt. And when the enemy grabs you with fear and doubt, you can't walk in courage. So I believe many times there are some situations that you can't think about. You just got to read the word of God and take courage. I'm just going to take what the word says, and I'm going to just take courage. I'm going to get out of my mind and walk in the spirit and take courage. Amen? Verse nine through, uh, 8 through 9. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, and he said, Here's a boy with small barley loaves and two fish, but how far will they go among so many? I mean, I really wish this verse told us a little bit more, but this is all we got. So I'm trying to imagine how is the situation. I mean, Jesus says, where is money that we shall buy? And then all of a sudden we know the next verse, Andrew shows up. And he's like, hey, there's a little boy. And you can even, even the way he says it. He says, small fish and small loaves. And then at the end of it, he throws, he's like, but I don't know what we can do with this. I mean, this is, so you can tell Andrew didn't have any faith at all. Like, it's almost like, you know, when, when you ask somebody to bring something, they bring something that's totally not what you need. But they're like, hey, look, this is all I found. You know, I'm looking for the blue jacket. It's like, here's a red jacket. I, I don't know what we can do with that. Right. And so here he is. Andrew just brings this little boy. And I believe the person that really had courage in the situation was this little boy. We don't read a lot about it. We don't know a whole lot. I mean, this is just us putting ourselves in that situation, putting ourselves in the world. And I can imagine that, that it's probably a situation where, where they maybe we're trying to collect money for, to buy food, right? And, and everybody's, you know, trying to come up with whatever they have. And then there's this little boy whose mom packed, you know, his little lunchbox. And he's, he's watching everybody trying to come up with something. And he, in his innocence... And in his courage, said, I think I have something that might help. 
And he offers and he brings us to Andrew. And Andrew's like, I guess. I mean, like, I don't know what I'll do with this, but let me just go present this to Jesus. And I believe one of the points is that one of, courage is knowing that you are valuable to God. See, this little boy could have disqualified himself and said, man, I'm too young. I'm, I'm just a little boy. What, what can I bring to the table? What, 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 what influence can I even bring to this situation? But I believe whenever we begin to realize who God has called us to be, how he's designed us to be, we can take courage in the fact that we're valuable to God. That you know what? It's almost like the ship might be sinking, like what happened with Paul. The ship might be sinking, but I already know I'm not going to drown because I'm viable to God. See, things might be falling apart in my life, but you know what? I'm not going to be, cr- say, so we might be crushed and, and, and persecuted, but not destroyed. In other words, God is going to preserve me because I am valuable to him. And so this little boy knew that he was valuable. He knew that, that he had something to contribute. And the Bible says, and it says, Jesus said, even said, said, let the children come to me, forbid them not. In other words, Jesus doesn't disqualify somebody because of an age. See, I, I'm, I'm thinking of a story, uh, one of my sons, Liam, and uh, we were at a conference, and uh, there was a lady that was, uh, I think she approached Liam, and she kind of gave him a hug. And he hugged her, but then he just didn't want to let go and he just kept holding her and all of a sudden she just starts weeping and crying and crying and crying and at the end of it you know they they stop the embrace and um you know she tells my wife you don't you don't realize what he just did for me and we didn't get the full we knew some of the background but we didn't get the full story well Liam in the car we're talking about you know and that's why it's so important to have your kids in church because they encounter the presence of God in ways that you don't even realize and, and so in the car, he's saying, he's like, he's like as I was hugging her, the, the Holy Spirit told me that there's, there's a hurt in our heart that he wants to heal. And so that's why he just kept on embracing her, because he, he, he sensed the love of God towards her. Well, what he didn't know was this lady had been trying so long to have a child. And she just walked through a difficult trial where they adopted a, a child and it didn't work out. And that was one area in her heart that has been grieving. And so as she was embracing Liam, what was happening is that God was beginning to minister to that area in her life. And so we should never disqualify the little children from being influenced and used by the Spirit of God. Amen? There's no junior Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that's full of power and might that, 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 that raised Jesus Christ from the, is the same Holy Spirit that quickens their mortal bodies. And they can minister. They can prophesy. They can lay hands and we can see healings. But this is not only about a little boy. I believe sometimes in our own perspectives, we see ourselves as little. Life sometimes, I don't know if maybe we might have had verbally abusive parents. We might have, may have gone through, you know, difficult situations in life that makes you begin to second guess, man, I, I don't have anything to bring. I don't have anything to contribute. And you begin to see yourself as little. But I believe God wants to say, no, you're more than a conqueror. I have formed you in your mother's womb. I've called you a prophet to the nations. God wants us to begin to see that we are valuable to him. Amen? The other thing is that you have to recognize that what you carry is valuable to God. See, here's this little boy with his fish and loaves. That's all he had. 
All he had is more than enough when it's surrendered into the hands of Jesus. See, we have to recognize that, that when we were created and we were formed, there were distinct things that God began to place inside of you. He gave you that gifting. He gave you a calling. He gave you that personality. He gave you that desire. He gave you that business idea. He gave you that whatever it is, he's already placed on the inside of you. You carry something that is valuable to the kingdom of God. And so when you recognize I'm carrying something valuable, I'm going to walk in courage. I'm not going to walk discouraged and defeated. I'm going to stand in front of the enemy and say, you know, I don't care what you're trying to do in my life. I know that God has placed something on the inside of me that is valuable and is going to advance the kingdom of God. But I believe many times we cower back. And we think we don't have anything to give. So I want to encourage you is that what you carry is valuable for the kingdom. And I believe some of y'all have books inside of you that you need to write. Some of y'all have businesses that you need to start. Some of y'all even serving in the house, even in a greater capacity, because there's giftings and, and abilities on the inside of you that God wants to draw out. Amen? Amen. Finally, my last point. Verse 10 through 11. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down, and Jesus took the loaves, and he gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted, and he did the same with the fish. And when they had all enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who's to come into the world. One of the things that stood out to me in this is that at the beginning of this story, Peter is trying to distribute bites of bread. But because of the surrender of this young man, the courage of this man to surrender what he had to the Lord, they end up not eating bread, but they end up having a fish fry at the same time. And I believe that the transition from barely making it to walking in abundance is courage. That sometimes we're living in a state of being where we're just barely making it, barely making it in our natural walk, barely making it in our spiritual walk. And God's saying, I want to transition you over into the abundance, into the overflow, and that, that not only will you have, but will you begin to begin to pour into others. That you won't be somebody that's always needing something, but you'll be somebody that begin to pour into others. And I believe that, that courage is the great multiplier. And so the end result, after this young man displays courage and he surrenders what he has to God, surrenders it to Jesus, and Jesus multiplies it, the end result was this. The people said, surely this is the prophet who is coming to the world. The last point, our courage gives glory to God. See, many times we live in a society that's all about status, about looking a certain way. And even people can try to be courageous, but they can be courageous for selfish reasons. They want to seem, you know, courageous because they say, hey, I want people to look at, oh, man, that's a mighty man of God. That's a mighty woman of God. This person is so gifted. They want courage for their own attention. But the true reason that we got to have the right courage is that the courage has got to point to Jesus. The Bible says that looking, looking to the one that's overcome. The Bible says that our champion in the faith. Look to Jesus, our champion in the faith. The only person that's courageous is him. I'm just following him. And so I believe any courage that does not glorify Jesus is not his courage. It's pride. 
And I believe what God is raising up in this generation and in this hour is a men and women of God that will rise up in courage for his glory and his glory alone. God said this, my glory I will share with none other. How dare we try to be courageous for our own attention. And I believe some battles of courage are going to be private battles in courage. There's some battles that you got. I mean, I'm all about being accountable and being submitted. But sometimes we can get to a place where we want to brag about our faith. We want to brag about our victory because we bring it to ourselves and it's not to the glory of God. And I believe that God wants to check our heart and says, hey, I want you to be courageous. But even after you get the victory, are you gonna, how are you going to handle that? Are you going to write books about it and start a ministry, start traveling and say, hey, look, let me tell you a story about, you know, how I got courage. So into my ministry and you can walk in courage, too. You try to, you try to profit off of what God has done in your life. But God wants to test your heart and say, hey, are you going to be somebody that as you walk through victories, you always point back to me? Amen. So I believe as we go into this, you know, continue this series of taking courage, I believe God is shifting some things. And before, you know, we close, I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. That's all I had. But I believe that was enough. Praise God. And we're talking about Jesus being the source of courage. But before we can even experience Jesus as a source of courage, we have to recognize Jesus as a source of salvation. That he was courageous through the cross. He was courageous through the crucifixion to give you and me an opportunity to walk in courage. And so I believe that there might be some people in here and some people online as well that don't have that relationship with Jesus. You're like Philip right now. You're going through life trying to make calculations on how to figure things out. And it's not going well for you. And maybe things have fallen apart in your life and you find yourself in a place of desperation. But unfortunately, you don't have a relationship with Jesus to begin to lean on him. But I want to encourage you this morning that I believe this is a divine opportunity for you to walk in a relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so if that's you and say, you know, Pastor Nashe, I've never made that decision in my life. Or Pastor Nashe, I don't have the right kind of relationship with Jesus for me to lean on him and rely on him to walk me through the seasons of difficulty and, and challenges. If that's you, I want you to just raise up your hand and put it right back down. I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? I see your hand. Thank you. I believe Jesus is in this place. So I like ask, ask everybody to just repeat this prayer after me. And if you're making that decision today, make, make this prayer, make it out of your heart. Say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've broken your law. But I know that you, you died for me. So that I can be a son or daughter of God. And so today, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Savior. And starting today, I devote my life entirely to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you made that prayer right now, the Bible says that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. 
And my encouragement is get connected to somebody in this church. Reach out to the pastors and begin to walk out that journey of salvation. Amen. And then one more thing as we, we close, I just sense that God wants to just begin to get, give courage to some of us right now. So let's just lift up our hands right now and let's just begin to pray. Father God, we thank you. Hallelujah. That you, Father God, are the source of courage. Father, I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you are eliminating all discouragement, God. I pray right now that you're giving us the right perspective about the situations and the circumstances that we are walking through. I pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that, that, that we find ourselves in a desperation for more of you, God. That we're not desperate for such, uh, solutions, God. We're not desperate, Father God, for the problem to go away. We're desperate for your presence in our lives. Father, we thank you that you are the source. Hallelujah. The source of courage. Father, we thank you right now. We give you glory. We give you honor. We pray right now, God, that your spirit is even now quickening us, quickening us, hallelujah, to run the race with perseverance because we're filled with courage. And if you believe that, lift up a mighty shout of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, y'all give Pastor Tanache another round of applause. Man, that was an awesome word. Thank you so much for sharing, brother. Man, if you uh, made a decision a few moments ago to uh, accept Christ in your life, whether you're online or in the building, oh, we just want to congratulate you. That is the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life, the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. And in the seat back in front of you, uh, there's a card that says, let's connect. But on the back of it, it says, I've made a decision. I uh, filled that card out. And during our offering time, you can drop it in the offering bucket. Tomorrow night, we will connect with you throughout the week just to pray with you, encourage you, hear what God did in your heart in this moment. But also, if you're online, just let us know. You can email us at info at newlifemobile.org, or you can just drop a comment in the comment section, comment section to let us know that you made that decision, and we love to follow up with you as well. Come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ greatest decision that you will ever make in your life and uh also we want to give you an opportunity uh the card yes and uh, as they're walking out we have these available we want to give this to you online as well and on get the dates correct on march 19th we're starting our at the movies series so for at the movies we're going to take three weeks and we're going to take three movies that have biblical truths that we could take out of that and extract but the thing is, you have to be in the building to attend because we're not going to be online for those three weeks. That's March 19th, the 26th, and April 2nd. We're going to be posting on social media, giving more details about that to come. But also, we have flyers that you guys can grab on your way out uh, to pass out to coworkers, family members, whoever. Post them up in coffee shops. Do whatever you have to do. But we have push cards that you can give out as well. Uh, but before we disconnect with you guys online, we want to invite you out. Each Wednesday, we have prayer, 6.30 p.m., one-hour prayer. we in here. It is a powerful time in the presence of God where believers come together, and we just sing our praises, and we worship, and we pray unto God. We do that every Wednesday at 6.30. You guys are invited to that. But before we disconnect, we want to give you an opportunity to give those of you that are prepared. Uh, there's a couple ways that you could do that. You can go to our app, download the app. Uh, you can give that way. You can go to our website which is newlifemobile.org, or you can mail in a check or money order. But we want to uh, pray for those that are prepared to give, and then you guys online are dismissed. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord God, for who you are. 
We thank you, Lord God, for the resources that you've given us, Lord God, that we can be generous givers back into the kingdom of God. And I just thank you right now that every resource that's coming in, Lord God, every tithe and offering that's coming in, that you would multiply it for the advancement of the kingdom. And I thank you that you would pour out a blessing on each and every household that gives, Lord God. I pray that you would bless them in every aspect, in every area of their life, that they're moving in abundance and in their overflow. I speak a blessing over each and every family in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We'd love to invite you again this Wednesday, 6.30 for prayer, but also join us next Sunday, 10 a.m. as we finish our series, Take Courage. Have a great week. We will see you Wednesday night. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, are y'all encouraged today?